All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. He is our NHL insider, Frank Saravalli, and only one of us was trending on Twitter yesterday. Frank, how you doing? I'm good. Not for the right reasons, though. Uh, Leaf fans seem to be still upset about me saying that I think there's a potential for the O'Reilly trade to be an overpay. I think that he can be a quintessential deadline addition, as I wrote, but also still have paid too much, uh, certainly by the trade comps that I laid out in that story that I still keem to keep being dinged on, but that's okay. That's the way it works. People don't like reading, Frank. They like yelling. And uh, speaking of that, there are Devils fans in the Daily Faceoff YouTube chat who are fired up. They want to get their hands on Timo Meyer. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with some talk about Timo Meyer, Frank. We have heard a ton about the Carolina Hurricanes. We've heard a ton about the New Jersey Devils. But could there be a new team just creeping into the mix here for the Sharks forward? Yes, and there has been. A new team has entered the chat on Timo Meyer, and I'm told that it is the St. Louis Blues. That may be a surprise to some, but it shouldn't be. I'm told that the Blues inquired with the San Jose Sharks earlier this week about Timo Meyer after executing the trades for Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. And this shouldn't be a shock because this is exactly what Doug Armstrong, the Blues GM, has done in his playbook previously. Think back to the other trades that he's executed in recent years. Kevin Shattenkirk brings back a first-round pick. He then takes that first-round pick and uses it for Braden Shen in the summer to improve the Blues. More recently than that, 
Paul Stasny trades him at the deadline, gets a first round pick in return, then takes that first round pick to use it in a package to go get Ryan O'Reilly in the summer. Now fast forward, Tarasenko and O'Reilly both bring back first round picks, giving the St. Louis Blues three first round picks this year. And my guess is that the Blues are attempting to leverage a couple of those picks, maybe still even keep their own first round pick and bring someone like Timo Meyer into the fold who can then play with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas and Braden Shannon be part of that Blues core moving forward with a long-term extension. So we know that the Carolina Hurricanes are very interested in Timo Meyer. We know that the New Jersey Devils are very interested in Timo Meyer. but I think this race just heated up in a big, big way. Yeah, and you look at Timo Meyer, 26 years old, and you mentioned it, slide right into that young core they have. Buchnevich is 27. You got Cairo, who's 24. Robert Thomas, who's 23. Timo Meyer would give them another legit option up front. I guess where I also want to go with this, Frank, is, you know, we've heard that maybe there are some teams, like the Canes, maybe even the Devils, who would look at Timo Meyer as a pure rental. If you're the Blues, couldn't you almost wait until the summer? You don't need him for any sort of playoff push. Couldn't you wait until the summer and potentially get him cheaper when he's a pending RFA? No, and I think that's what the Blues have recognized here, that there may be only one crack to get a player like Timo Meyer, and this may be the opportunity. I think there's the optionality factor of the Hurricanes, for instance, acquiring him, using him at the deadline, and then trading him for 40 or 50 cents on the dollar come the summertime. But I think a team like New Jersey would try and lock Timo Meyer up long-term. So there's others that would like to get their hands on him. And Tyler, where I think it's important to point out is when you look forward to the NHL's free agent market in the summer, it's not teaming with prospects uh, to then really come in and be a difference maker for your team. And so this may be the one and only opportunity for the St. Louis Blues and to take those picks and leverage them to turn essentially O'Reilly and Tarasenko into Meyer. I don't know. It just seems to make a whole lot of sense to me. Just quickly before we wrap this up, any growing pressure on the Sharks to give these teams a chance to chat with Timo Meyer if they are looking for extensions? I don't think so. I think that's part of the deal is unless you can find some additional leverage if you're the Sharks to squeeze out more with an extension being in place, because he's an RFA and under team control, I don't think there's the same sort of pressure that would exist with a UFA. Let's stick with the St. Louis Blues here. And you mentioned all the assets they've gotten back for O'Reilly, Mikola, Tarasenko. There's been some chatter that they could be looking to move on from a blue liner. They have four D-men all making north of $4 million with Nick Letty coming in at exactly four. Pareko, Krug, and Falk all at 6.5. They all have no trade clauses, Frank, but is there some growing chatter, some growing smoke that the Blues could be looking to move on from one of their expensive D-men? Yeah, and I think the point is the Blues are trying to create some salary cap flexibility there. And so I'm told that one of the teams that has inquired with the Blues in recent days about Colton Pareko is the Ottawa Senators. Probably not a shock there. Also considering that the Sens have been on the prowl for a difference maker on defense, a right shot defenseman in Colton Pareko, who's in the first year of that eight-year deal at six and a half million bucks. He's got the size at six point at six foot six. Uh, I think his game has trended the wrong way in the last couple years in terms of uh, his productivity and his impact on the ice for the Blues. And if they're looking to, to make a dent uh, on their blue line and create some of that cap flexibility, Pareko uh, has some value. I'm told that 
What the Blues are looking for in return for Pareko is a younger defenseman under team control at a more reasonable salary cap number. So think some of the younger guys that the Sens have had in and out on their blue line over the last number of years, the prospects that they've been shepherding through the pipeline, someone closer to NHL ready that the Blues could plug into their lineup and not experience a significant drop-off between Pareko and the next guy. And that's really kind of where it gets difficult for some of these teams. They're saying, well, we really like the growth that we're seeing in some of our younger defensemen to then you know, take that out and add in a player like Pareko, who's 29, and as I mentioned, is in the first year of that deal that goes to age 37, that can be a little bit of a difficult proposition to make. But if you're the Sens and you're trying to finally get moving in the right direction, getting some real stability in someone like Pareko could go a long way in terms of accomplishing that. Jacob Bernard, Docker, Lassie Thompson, just a couple of right shot D-men the Sens have used first round picks on in recent memory. So maybe a direction that the Blues might be looking to go. But I just look at that and I keep thinking, you know, if you were a team with a good young right shot D-man, do you want to give that up to get 29-year-old Colton Pareko who has eight more years on a deal? Like, do you want to be stuck one day paying for age 36 and 37 seasons of Colton Pareko at six and a half million? Like, I feel like that contract could be more of a stumbling block than maybe some people think, Frank. Well, that's why I think the ask is not all that, you know, too much in the sense of you're not, they're not looking for a Jake Sanderson type player in return. Yeah. It's one of those lowercase guys that really the value in this deal isn't the piece you're getting back for the Blues. It's what you're moving off of in Colton Pareko. And so is there a fit there? I think the Blues have recognized exactly that, that perhaps this contract will end up being onerous. We know that big guys that size, they, they don't always tend to age all that well. So maybe that's one of the things that the Blues are considering as they're trying to reboot. And I don't know, just what a fascinating team to watch. Just a reminder on the Meyer front, this is not necessarily about trying to squeeze into the playoffs this year. They actually have a better shot in the lottery at 5% for uh, Connor Bedard. If you check out our Bedard watch on dailyfaceoff.com, that... Um, yeah, it became a whole lot more interesting in St. Louis. They're not trying to rebuild. Teresa is in our DFO YouTube chat and dropped in a Let's Go Blues. Well, Teresa, you're going to like our third topic today as well. We might as well All blues all the today. time. What's going on here? <laughs> it's St. Louis Blues Live today is what we're going with the show. But our deadline countdown today up at dailyfaceoff.com. Remember, a new article from Frank Saravalli dropping every day leading up to the deadline. It's all about Ivan Barbashev, and I'm keeping a close eye on this one because there's been twice now in the last two weeks where we do a deadline countdown player profile, and the player gets moved on the exact same day. I feel like Doug Armstrong might be reading these. Anyways, Barbashev's got 10 goals in 56 games this year. Frank, he's a guy who's got some a little bit of size to him. I, I What's the market like for this guy? Who are some teams that are interested in what could the Blues maybe be looking to get back? I have a pretty good sense Doug Armstrong might be reading these. I found his burner account on Twitter, and I believe he follows me. So um, anyway, uh, let's just talk about Ivan Barbashev. And your point is well made. You're not the only one following this. A number of teams are following the developments around Ivan Barbashev. And here are some of the potential fits. He really stands out to me with the Winnipeg Jets. If you could add him to your lineup and bump someone like Sam Gagne further down, I think the fit is obvious. And here's the thing with the rest of the teams on this list, whether it's Calgary, Carolina, the Dallas Stars, New Jersey Devils, or Boston Bruins, I think they're all involved in, in other discussions, whether it's the Bruins and their focus on Vladislav Gavrikov, which, by the way, I think they're trying to move out Craig Smith in order to then bring in 
uh, Vladislav Gavrikov. It's a cap you know, uh, situation that they're trying to work themselves through. We know Carolina and New Jersey are after Timo Meyer, and the Dallas Stars have been linked to someone like Patrick Kane and some other wingers that if those teams aren't able to get their hands on the player that they're targeting, that Barbashev might be that sort of next option down in terms of a check down. So I think Barbashev is a bit more on the secondary market. I don't think it's pressing as in today. Um, you never know when I say that, but I think it's one of those deals that could wait closer to deadline day, if not deadline day itself, as people go through their options and say, well, you know, we struck out on the guy that we were really trying to get maybe in Barbashev, a guy that had 26 goals and 60 points last year could be a decent fit. So, um, when you take a look at, at Barbashev and, and his game, that was really interesting to me going through this process, which is he's someone that does a lot of things well, but doesn't have one sort of uh, asset to his game that you can hone in on and say, wow, I'd really love to get my hands on that. So um, just in terms of comps, uh, you're probably looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of what the Seattle Kraken got for Callie Yarncroak a couple years back. Um, a second round pick, a third round pick, and a seventh. So somewhere in that second round pick neighborhood. We are going to drill into an Eastern Conference team in just a second here with Josh Getzoff from uh, the Penguins Radio Play-by-Play -play Voice. But let's stay in the West for our fourth topic here quickly and chat a little bit about what's going on with the Calgary Flames and also a little bit about the Philadelphia Flyers. But the Flames dropped that game last night to Philly, Frank, and they're now 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10. And they got some losses to some subpar teams mixed in there over their last 10 games as well. They've lost the Sens, the Flyers, the Wings twice, and the Chicago Blackhawks. On a scale of 1 to 10, how panicked should the Calgary Flames be at their lackluster play as of late? Well, I want to answer this with a caveat and not say panicked in the sense of going to make a trade deadline move, um, but panicked in the sense of real concern about where this team is at, where they're heading and what they're up to. Uh, I would give that an 8.5 on a 10 scale. There's been something off with this team all season long. I don't know if it's a chemistry thing. I don't know if it's a... Um, if it's a purely a goaltending thing, Jacob Markstrom at 889, I couldn't help but um, you know read through the comments from Coach Daryl Sutter after the game the other day over the weekend, where he basically uh, he, he lashed out and said we we didn't get the saves we needed from Vladar, and that was his way, I think, of saying stop telling me to play this guy. I'm going to keep going with Markstrom. I don't appreciate all of the second guessing. We heard and saw the tweet from Jonathan Huberto's agent and Alan Walsh. Um, my guess is that that was probably connected to the ice time that Huberto is seeing. It's down two and a half minutes from last year uh, when he was with Florida. They're just, I don't, I can't put my finger on it, but um, there's been very few guys that have live up, lived up to this season. I would say, uh, Toffoli is one of them. I would say Lindholm is one of them. And then after that, the list begins to get pretty thin in a hurry. And that's not good for a team that had a bunch of career years last year and was hoping to build on it. Yeah, it does not look good in Calgary. The Philadelphia Flyers, they pick up their 23rd win of the season. They still sit second last in the Metro, but the big story from their perspective happened before the game when it came out that Travis Sanheim was going to be healthy scratched uh, in the city where he used to play junior hockey as well. I, for me, 
excuse my language, seems like a dick move by John Tortorella to sit this guy in the city where, again, he played junior hockey, apparently had some family in attendance for the game. I just, why do that? Why, like, you're not in the playoff race. Pick a different game to punish the guy. Am I wrong for saying that? No, not in a lost season. It's not like you, you, I get the idea of wanting to make a statement, but when you go above and beyond to make the statement, and look, everyone feels like on the Flyers this year, They've had their moment to be that scratch and be John Tortorella's whipping boy, whether it was Kevin Hayes or whether it was uh, Tony D'Angelo, go through the list. They've all sort of had the opportunity, but to do it then in Calgary, as you mentioned, when he played for the Hitmen and a guy that isn't going anywhere, he doesn't start an eight-year deal until next season. So what's the point of sending that message and doing it then i can't think of it as any other way uh but for john tortorella to to act in the manner in which you described and i guess really nothing new there and yeah, maybe the family that could have been in attendance last night can just zip three hours down the qe2 and come up to edmonton to watch uh, let's get into our next edition of the all 32 and welcome in josh Getzoff. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. He is the radio play-by-play -play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Excited to welcome in Josh Getzoff to the show. And Josh, I want to start with this kind of three-game losing streak the Penguins are in. They've kind of been sputtering along, and it's getting close to the deadline. So what I'll throw your way is, how much will the Penguins play over the next eight to ten days here dictate Ron Hextall's strategy at the deadline? Uh, I think it's going to have a lot to do with it, guys, and great to be with you. Thanks for having me on because... I say that the Penguins haven't really established themselves as a team that's going to potentially make a push going down the stretch here or potentially fall off. I feel like they're kind of that team right in the middle, which makes it a really interesting decision for Ron Hextall as far as adding pieces are concerned. You mentioned the three-game losing streak. More importantly, the teams they lost those games to, uh, the Islanders times two, the Devils once. They've dropped nine straight games against Metro Division opponents, and that's the group that they have to kind of claw their way through to get back into the playoff picture. So 
Uh, I think it's a little bit of dark times right now in Pittsburgh, and that's fair to say, given the recent results and the way they've uh, found themselves in those results. A lot of blown leads, a lot of inconsistent play, a lot of shoddy defensive play and uh, mental mistakes. Um, and even getting Tristan Jari back last night against the Islanders wasn't enough uh, to come up uh, on top against a shorthanded New York team. So they definitely have some things to figure out here over the next week or so going into the trade deadline. Josh, so glad to have you on the show. Always great to have another Philly guy uh, on Daily Faceoff Live. And, and you mentioned Jari, and I, I wanted to ask specifically about him and his return. I think everyone kind of gasped when he took the, the puck off the neck there in the third period last night because he has missed a lot of time this season. And you heard Mike Sullivan after the game say, this is a guy that was probably pretty rusty, didn't play in the last nine games, and comes back and he says maybe Jari would have had a couple of those saves in the third period as the Penguins blew that third period lead. What did you make of Jari's return and, and how critical his health is moving forward for this team if they do want to climb in the standings? I would agree with Mike Sullivan. And Frank, just as an aside, I saw you were at the Super Bowl. I also was. Unfortunate result for our boys, but I got this little yeah. takeaway cup. So there you go. Uh, I made I make the best of it while I can. Um, anyway, uh, I will say this as far as uh, Tristan is concerned. He is, in my opinion, the Penguins' biggest piece. And that's you know kind of stating the obvious. But you talk about the team with him and without him. Even with that loss last night, they're 16-6-5 and five when he's in the lineup. And they're well south of 500 when he's not available to them between the performances of Casey DeSmith and Dustin Tokarski. I would say this as far as last night for Tristan. There definitely seemed to be some moments where the rust would show. I think he gave you some of those big saves in the first period and the second period when the Penguins did their token two or three odd man rushes against that uh, the Islanders had some really high quality opportunities on and turnovers in their own zone that the Islanders capitalized on but weren't able to convert thanks to some good stops from Jari. But the Bo Horvat goal in the third period, I'm sure Tristan's going to want that one back, kind of snuck through uh, on that far post against him. And I think, you know, overall, the miscue of the play behind the net with the pass that leads to the go-ahead goal um, by Anders Lee, that's something that maybe being in the lineup, having a little bit more rhythm with his teammates would have led to a smarter decision in playing the puck there, a little better communication vocally. I know Tristan said after the game that he heard somebody say reverse. Um, we'll see if that was a Penguin or an Islander. Uh, but in any event, it was turned over and the Islanders converted that for what ends up being the game-winning goal by Anders Lee. So uh, I do think there's some items to work on there, but it's part of a bigger picture, Frank. I mean, this team... Uh, just has not been able to focus and bear down in key moments. Uh, you know, Phil Bork and I on our radio side have talked about it a lot. Like they score a goal and it's almost a given that in the next 90 seconds, there might be another one in the back of the net the other way, but at the very least, there's a high quality chance against. Uh, and it's just not something that was a hallmark of the Penguins during their success or really a hallmark of any really good team in the National Hockey League over the better part of the last, you know, however long contenders have existed in the NHL on a consistent basis. So I think that um, from the Penguins' perspective, getting Tristan Jari back is huge mentally. It's good to have your number one, um, but there are certainly still some issues with him kind of getting his flow back uh, on a nightly basis as well. Let's say they do rattle off a couple of wins here and Ron Hextall gets the itch to add. I mean, I listened to some of the problems you just described and I kind of go, man, they could probably benefit from a D-man to calm things down. There's been some talk that maybe they'd be in the market for a forward as well. If you were to put your GM hat on, what would you be looking to add to this lineup between now and the deadline? I think to me, guys, I mean, the fence is obvious, but I think really it's the bottom six. And anyone who's followed this Penguins team is as perplexed as anyone else uh, at what's happened 
with that group down there because on paper they look good. And that's what Ron Hextall said a lot of times too. They're a great group on paper. You talk about Jeff Carter and uh, Brock McGinn and Kasperi Kapan and those guys you feel in the beginning of the year we're going to give you a good third line. They haven't. Brock McGinn hasn't scored in 23 games. Jeff Carter has one goal in his last dozen. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen's only got a handful of points since the turn of the new year. You got Teddy Bluger on your fourth line who hasn't scored. And this is hard to believe and say out loud, but 30 games since he's found the back of the net. So the draft was serious. He did. And, and Frank, that would have been a huge moment of the game, a shorthanded chance up to one in the beginning of the third, and he can't finish it. Um, you know, credit to Ilya Sorokin, who was strong again. But still, I mean, these are the kinds of moments and players that make a difference on good teams, and they really haven't here for the Penguins. And it's not just going back over the last little stretch I mentioned. This has been pretty consistent throughout the year. Um, and you, you had that really great stretch the Penguins had in November where I think they went like 15-3-2 and two going into December or something like that. And if you even cut that in half, who knows where they'd be uh, in the playoff picture right now. They're fortunate to be involved with how they played lately. But I do think the bottom six is an area that they want to address. I think if they could find a third-line center, that's something they're going to be targeting. Um, you know, you just like to get more production because you can't fault anyone in the top six. Those guys have been carrying the Penguins. All of them have had strong seasons, and you can name every single one of them by name and say that's the case. But beyond that, there's just a lot of guys that have not been pulling the rope, and it's too many nights like that, and that's led to the situation they're in right now. The East has a playoff race, which is going to be really interesting for hockey fans to keep an eye on. Josh, thanks again for giving us some time today, man. No problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. If you want to get more from our guy, Josh Getzoff, you can find him on Twitter at JG underscore PXP, the radio play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's get to our daily face-off inbox question today, Frank. We actually had one sent in that I want to throw your way after talking about the Bolts yesterday. An Islanders fan, Brian G, was in our chat and wants to know if there's any shot that the Islanders move some of their UFAs. He mentions Mayfield, Varlamov, and Parisi as potential options. Uh, what do you make there? Could Lou maybe move a piece out after making the big splash for Horvat? I would be surprised because there has been such a big emphasis put on this year and getting into the playoffs. And I think the one that would have the most interest when you look at some other teams whose goaltending has been struggling would be Semyon Varlamov. But, you know, the path forward for him to play games is obviously pretty minimal given the run that Ilya Sorokin's been on. And I believe Sorokin is one of the 15 or 17 true franchise players in the NHL. But the problem is Lou Lamorello, their GM, is a big believer in having a two-goalie system. How many times have we seen a team get into the playoffs? Look at the Penguins from last year. Uh, they go without their top two guys in the first-round series against the New York Rangers and end up blowing a 3-1 to series lead in part because of their lack of goaltending. So if the Islanders get in, um, which is a big if at this point, I think they should be considering selling and moving a couple of those pieces. The problem is I don't have any evidence yet that they'd be willing to do so. Interesting stuff. I mean, Scott Mayfield, a steady depth defenseman. I would imagine a lot of guys or a lot of teams would be interested in adding him and Semyon Varlamov, a guy who's a pending UFA. That's the one piece, Frank, who I kind of look at and go, listen, if you're going to go on a run to the playoffs, you're probably just going to be riding Sorokin most of the way anyways. I feel like swap out Varlamov, get a pick for him, maybe go grab a depth guy from somewhere else. Like I know Mike McKenna last week was talking about Thomas Grice being on the block. That's a guy who's been in the Islanders organization before. Like swapping out Varlamov and just getting a 
lesser backup, I feel like it'd be a nice piece of business for the Islanders. Yeah, I just don't think there's that much to be gained in the goalie market because historically those guys haven't gone for much. So Varlamov probably is in the third round pick range at this point. Fair enough. Also, uh, thanks to Brian G for listening along. I clicked through his profile there and I want to wish him the best as he continues his fight with cancer as well. Thanks for watching the show, Brian. Uh, Let's get to our points bet daily bets for today. Yesterday, it was an even split one in one, but I hit my shot prop, which was plus money. That is good news for me, Frank. I was profitable yesterday just by a hair. Let's see if we can keep it rolling here tonight. One game I'm eyeing up. It's Vegas taking on Chicago. And that over-under is set at 6.5 with the over paying almost even money. It's a season debut for Laurent Brassois. So maybe reason to believe he could be a little bit rusty. Vegas and Tampa Bay combined for nine goals earlier this week. Vegas has had six or more goals in four of their last five. The over's hitting three straight for the Chicago Blackhawks. I think this is a really nice spot to take that over. And the payout is decent as well, getting close to even money. And I do have another shot prop parlay, eyeing up a couple of players at one and a half shots tonight. Tory Krug in St. Louis, Frank. Set at one and a half, minus 170. He's hit it in four or five and eight of his last 10. And Dylan Strom in Washington with no OV potentially. Yeah, Dylan Strom, someone's got to shoot the pucks. Dylan Strom could be that guy. He had eight a couple of nights ago for the Capitals. This line is set at one and a half. Play them together and it's plus 134. So the over in Vegas, Chicago and a shot prop parlay, Frank. And that leads me to garbage time. Take it away, Mr. Saravalli. Move over the workhorse from Whitehorse. Yes, that's Dylan Cousins, but he may not be, when it's all said and done, the best player to come from UConn. And the reason for that is you need to know the name Gavin McKenna. This guy has been an absolute star, of course, exceptional status with the WHL, selected number one overall by the Medicine Hat Tigers, has already pumped in Eight points in 11 games with the Tigers this season. He is a 2026 draft-eligible prospect. Also happens to be the cousin of Connor Bedard, who is expected, of course, to go number one overall in the NHL this season. And the reason I bring him up is he's absolutely tearing up the Canada Winter Games for Team UConn, where he wears the C as their captain. 17 points in two games. Yes, that's not a misprint. That's not a typo or me saying the wrong thing. 17 points, eight goals, nine assists in two games. Some unbelievable numbers that uh, Mr. McKenna is putting up for Team UConn. And so keep an eye on him. 2026, it feels like we'll be in flying cars by then for a guy that's born in 2007. But remember the name Gavin McKenna. So check that out if you get a chance to watch some video on him. This guy's coming. He's the real deal. And the next one from UConn. Yeah, I was just looking at his numbers with his U18 prep team so far this season. Frank, uh, 36 goals, 37 points, 73 points. He only played 25 games. I think those numbers are pretty good. Another exciting prospect to keep an eye on in the hockey world. A big shout out to everyone on our YouTube feed. Today was a record high for us in terms of people watching on YouTube. Franks, people are fired up for the deadline, and we hope to see you all again tomorrow. Enjoy enjoy tonight's games, and in the meantime, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. For all your hockey needs, we'll be back noon Eastern tomorrow. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.